Acts chapter number 5, and God has kind of burdened my heart tonight with a message out of our study, so please, please pray about this, and I'll give you these real fast. Anybody overlooked at that? Hey, all right. Acts chapter number five. God's placed a, a different kind of burden on my heart tonight uh, through the Bible study in the book of Acts. So if you find your place, say amen. amen. Acts chapter number five, verse number one through verse number four. The Bible says this But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. And notice there in the scripture, the Bible says, a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. The Bible says, But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? The Bible says, whiles it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Let's pray. Your Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight. And God, I just pray, Lord, that you touch our hearts. God, I pray tonight, Father God, that you would just help us to hear the instruction from you, God. And I pray tonight, Lord, that you help us to take heed. Father, I pray, God, that you help us to truly love as you love. God, I pray that you touch. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 In our last study, we finished up with chapter number four. And I kind of want to give you a thought tonight uh, through this. Do I? And here's the thought. Let Let me back up. I got ahead of myself. Here's the thought, do I really love my neighbor? Do I really love my neighbor? And my brothers and sisters in Christ, do I truly love them tonight? So in our last study, we finished up with chapter four. And the thing that we saw in that chapter is that we saw how that those believers tonight had gotten their eyes off their stuff. And we see that they had gotten their eyes on the Lord. Amen. And then they got their eyes on one another. So first of all, this group of believers tonight, they got their eyes on the Lord and all their stuff and they got their eyes upon one another. Now, when I say they got their eyes on one another, I mean tonight that they were not lusting after one another. They were concerned about one another. They loved one another so much that they were willing to lay everything down that they had at the apostles' feet to give to everyone that had a need. 
they got their eyes off their possessions and off their things, and they said, hey, we love one another. They had brotherly love in our text. Now, that's what we're to have tonight in our day and in our time. I'm afraid that it's missing in the church today. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, Hebrews 13 verse number 1, let brotherly love continue. When something continues, it keeps going and going and going. Never does the Word of God say to let brotherly love stop. It says let brotherly love continue. The Bible said in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 14, we know that we have passed from death unto life. Why? Because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Let me read that again. I want you to get a hold of this because I, I feel like tonight that God is going to do great things at Mountain New Baptist Church. I really believe that tonight. And He can with a few. But we have got to get our hearts right with God tonight. The Bible says, 1 John 3 and 14, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. The Bible tells us tonight that if you're saved, you will love the brethren. And when you love somebody the way you're supposed to, you'll not chew them up and spit them out for dinner around the dinner table. When you truly love somebody, you love them unconditionally, wholeheartedly love them. Now, if you're saved, and when you're around saved people, there should not be a problem loving one another. God has laid this on my heart tonight. I'm telling you tonight, I know some of you is family, but if there's something in your life tonight, get it out. An argument that you had years ago that you can't forget about. It's time to move on. It is. And so as a matter of fact, the Bible lets us know that if we don't love our brothers and sisters in Christ, then we ain't even saved. That's what the Word of God teaches. So in our last study, we saw a group of believers who loved one another. Even though the word love is not in the book of Acts tonight, the thing that it is is the love is shown from these believers. And that's the way it should be, is it not? We can say we love somebody all that we want to. But how are they ever going to know it if we never show them? A person that beats their wife every night. That's wrong, by the way. But they can say, I love you. But do they really? That's a lie. Now, if we take and apply it to our lives, if we say that we love the brethren, and then for over the dinner table, there's the talk of the table. Something is not correct. Something's wrong. So, this group of believers tonight loved one another. That's what they've done in their text. We saw in, uh, in verse 34, chapter 4, the Bible said this, Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought, and brought the prices of the things that were sold. So this group of believers had what we have, right? And we see they had a God who supplied their every need. 
Right? Just like He will ours as long as we seek Him first. The Bible plainly tells us, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. God knows what we need tonight. All right? Uh, they were letting go of some of their possession in this world, and we see why they were doing that in verse 35 of chapter 4. The Bible says, And laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Boy, may I say to you tonight, we just laid down some stuff to a man that had need. Amen. Good. So these believers had trusted Christ. It was during this time persecution was raging against the church. And so when people would believe on Christ... They could lose their job. They could probably lose their home. But the thing that all these people realized was that if another believer had a need, then this church and these believers would jump in and they'd help. Boy, that's what we're to do tonight, is it not? Uh, we're to get our eyes off of things down here. And it's going to get a whole lot rougher before it gets better. And uh, we're to help one another. Now, if you're a child of God, there's enough things against you in this world. I'm finding that out the farther I go. There's enough things against you. So why would we be against one another? Why? Nobody has an explanation. That's good. So, we're to love one another, care for one another. If one has a need, we ought to want to be a help to them. Now, we see that. Then we read verse 36 through 37 in our last study. The Bible said this. I'm going somewhere with all this. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Here comes this man named Barnabas tonight. We know that he was a Levite, as we said in our last study, which means that he was dedicated to do the temple work of those days. But now he lays the money at the apostles' feet. Why? So the work of the Lord can go on for Christ. And also, as we said, it was this man named Barnabas. God's going to use in a mighty way. We'll see all this later. He was another one of the greatest preachers that ever lived. He saw souls saved for the glory of God. But here we see tonight, he got his eyes off his stuff as well. He laid what he had at the apostles' feet. We, excuse me, we are to get our eyes not so much on our things. And we're going to go a little farther than that tonight. But we most of the time put so much emphasis on stuff. Man, I tell you, God's run me out. Every time I talk to somebody, I never hear about anything that has to do with God. You know what I hear? I bought this the other day. I'd really like you to see it. Now, I'm not jumping on you. I, I like to hear what you buy. I do. But I'm not saying that. But how come we spend more time talking about our stuff than we do talking about Him? See, the devil gets our eyes on our stuff. And boy, he's sneaky and conniving, ain't he? But listen, we most of the time put so much emphasis on stuff, very little emphasis on Christ. You ain't got to like that. You got to agree because we're made up the same stuff tonight. Amen. And so plus, we can never ever put too much emphasis on Christ anyhow. But we're to love Jesus. We're to love one another. And that's what they were doing 
in our last study. One man made this statement. Heard him in a revival a couple weeks ago. He said, I don't have any problem loving Jesus. He said, he's so easy to love. He said, man, he had mercy. He had grace. He said, but I've got a hard time loving people. <laughs> I thought, well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Got a hard time loving people. Well, let's read verse number one and verse number two of chapter five. Let's break back in tonight. I want to help us tonight. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. Now, things were hunky-dory till here comes these two jack legs, I guess you can say. But listen to this. The Bible says, and kept back part of the prize, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Thank you. So we did see what it was like to have brotherly love in our text, right? And we saw what it was like tonight for people to get their eyes off their stuff and get their eyes on one another. But now we see something else going on. Now, notice in our text, the Bible says the word but. Right? Okay. Now, John Phillips makes this statement about the word but. He says the buts in the Bible are the hinges on which great doors swing. I like that. That's pretty good. And it, they always mark a decisive change in the story. And that's what we see in our text. So we saw brotherly love. Everybody is jumping in. They're wanting to help one another. They're wanting to, uh, uh, they're wanting to uh, lay everything they've got down for the gospel of Christ. We saw selfless people. But now we see some people who are only thinking about themselves. There's two kinds of people Four kinds of people in God's house. They're saved and they're lost. And then they're selfless and selfish. That's pretty good. That's right. And I want to say this. I don't know why I'm going to, but I'm going to. And there's hypocrites. And a lot of folks will say, well, I won't, I won't go to the church house because there's hypocrites over there. You go to the Walmart, don't you? There's hypocrites there too. Amen. So up to this point, the church had been marching forward in triumph and in victory, helping one another, loving one another. And we know that, and we know that Satan cannot conquer the church. But he can corrupt the church. Now, he is going to try to corrupt it. And any time a church is trying to do what's right for God, he's going to try his best to corrupt it. And you know how he does that? Point your finger to himself and I'll point mine to me. And that's exactly how he does it. Me and you. Amen. Now, thank you for that. Amen. So, we got to watch out. He'll try his best to corrupt what God is doing. So, it's in our text. We see the word but. Then we see these people named Ananias and Sapphira. We see they're now going to sell a possession in which they have as well. And then we see that they're going to lay down their money just like the others did at the feet of the apostles. But there's something different about these two people in our text. Now, so these believers had been willing to sell what they had up to this point. And they had been laying the price for they got for it all at the apostles' feet. Now here are these two. And the Bible said in verse number 2, and kept back part of the price. Whoa, something different happened, didn't it? They did not bring all they had made from what they sold. That's not where the sin was at. That's not where it was at. They kept some of it for themselves. That's not where it was at. 
And so we see tonight, this is a perfect example, though, of some believers who were just selfish and who care more about themselves more than they do others in the house of God. While I'm at it, I'm going to say this. We also see the word private in our text, right? Okay? It means in private. So we see in verse number two, the wife and the husband talk about doing this privately. They decided to lay up some of the price for themselves. But I say to you, the devil is working in private to try and tear the church apart tonight and in the shreds. That's why there's a church on every corner and nobody can get along. If we'll stick to the Bible, we'll get along with God and we'll get along with one another. So, the thing I'm getting at tonight is this. Both of the people right here are guilty of holding back on the people and holding back on the Lord. Now, that's a dangerous ground to be on. They did not bring in all they had. Verse number 2 says they kept back part of the price. Now, they thought about themselves or they thought about serving God. They thought about one another. Now, they wanted to help themselves more than they wanted to help all these other ones. And there's really tonight no room for an attitude in God's house that way. We are supposed to be the most selfless people of this world. Boy, God burdened my heart with this. Another thing we see they were doing, they're trying to make themselves look good. They brought it in and laid it down at the apostles' feet. You know how we do. I'll do this in front of the church so they'll think I, yeah, I can play the part because I'll look right. That's what they're doing. Amen. So they're bringing some that they had, but there were ulterior motives behind that uh, because they were still yet trying to help themselves. Now, the true Christian lifestyle is that you and I are to try and live what the Word of God says. Am I right? We're to try our best. Now, with that being said, yes, you'll fail. Yes, I will fail. We will all fail. But here's the thing. I'd rather go down in history as a failure trying to do my best for God than as somebody who never tried to do nothing for God. And I guarantee you one thing, if you try something, you will fail eventually. Sometimes people that fail are the ones trying the most. And I'm just being honest. So the true Christian lifestyle is that you and I are to live out what the Bible says. We're to live and pattern our, pattern our lives after Jesus Christ and He was the most selfless person to ever live. Now, that's the way we are supposed to be. What these two people in our text are doing tonight is they were in a nutshell saying, look at us. Look at all that we're bringing in. Look at all that we're laying at the apostles' feet. They were thinking more highly of themselves than they ought to. Hey, pride goeth before destruction, halt the spirit before fall. So we're guilty of that sometimes, are we not? Now let's get honest. Let's just be honest for just a second. My neighbors used to be going to church in the afternoon. Now maybe you ain't never done that. And praise the Lord if you ain't. But listen to this. They're thinking more highly of, them, of themselves than they ought to. Now, the Bible says this. Y'all are going to kick me out of the church time this over with. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh. Uh-oh. But nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. Now, if you and I would get honest tonight, 
God help us. God help us. All right? Most of the time, we're only worried about pleasing ourselves. And the Bible plainly told us no man ever yet hated his own flesh. Right? And the only way we can ever overcome the flesh is by the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us that was given to us the day we got saved. The thing we feed the most is the thing that's going to shine through the most. Right? If we feed our flesh more than we do our capital S Spirit, then our flesh is going to shine through when what ought to be shining through is the Spirit of God and the believer of Christ. The reason there's so much flesh flesh seen in the church is because there are so many people sitting on a pew that won't open up their Bible and then take the Word of God and apply it to our hearts and to our lives. And we let ourselves shine through and when the visitor comes in, they see us and not God. I want to see God. Don't you? That's what I want. The Holy Ghost of God filled these believers in our text up to the point they were not worried about themselves at all. A word about God's command. What's God's command? God summed up the Ten Commandments in two commands in the New Testament. What are they? Mm. Well, Mark 12, 29-31, And Jesus answered him the first of all the commandments. All the commandments. Did you catch that? Is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Here you go. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Boy, I fail. And with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength, this is the first commandment. Right? Number two. And the second is like, namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Man, I fail. Man, I and look, so many times we like to pick out our neighbors. We have that that not what we do. Yeah. It feels good, don't it? Well, I wish there's more people here to hear this. That group of believers loved God. They loved one another. Here comes Ananias and Sapphira. And the thing they love more than others, they love money. And they love themselves. And we see what happens to them in the Word of God. The thing we see is that Satan's come on the scene. Things were going good. Now Satan comes on the scene just like he did at the Garden of Eden. Now the love of money's gotten in the way of these people doing what's right in the sight of God. Now, it was the love of money that turned Judas into a traitor. Sold Christ for 30 pieces of silver, didn't he? Uh, it was the love of money that ruined Achan. Cost Israel the battle. Because he had sin in the camp. Because he had hoarded up to stuff for himself. Mm. He didn't love his neighbor, did he? And it's the love of money that stops a lot of Baptists in our day from just doing what it is that God wants them to do. Mm. So people have their focus on money and on things, on self. God's told you and I to take no thought what we shall eat, what we shall drink, because our Heavenly Father knows that we have need of those things. He's told us to seek first the kingdom of God. Those two great commands there, if we'll do them, God will sink up the rest. Amen. And then Jesus summed up all the commandments, those two in Mark, love God and love one another. Amen. So that's what was happening until Ananias and Sapphira burst on the scene. The thing we can learn from this tonight, church, is this, is that we need to care more for our neighbor and one for another than what we do tonight. 
And we need to care more about God than we do as well. Or we're going to be like these two in our battles. I'm trying to help us. They had that give me, give me, give me attitude. And instead of worrying about those in need, they kept back some for themselves. They'd done that in private. But somebody knew what they were doing. It was in private. Who? Who was there with them, preacher? My boss man taught me a great lesson this week. One word. Integrity. Doing what's right when nobody's around. That's pretty good. And who knew what they were doing? Well, the one who pinned it down knew exactly what was going on. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Peter 1.21, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. God breathed on these men, pinned down the Bible for us, so the Holy Spirit knew what was going on. Now, let's read verse 3. The Bible, say, uh, uh, the Bible says this, But Peter said, Ananias, Why has Satan filled thine heart to lie in the Holy Ghost? And to keep back part of the price of the land. This happened in private. But the Holy Ghost pinned it down. Here's what happened. The Holy Ghost of God revealed this to Peter. Peter goes to Ananias. He asked him why he'd done this. But let's take the focus off Peter for a moment. Because Peter wouldn't have known this if the Holy Spirit of God had not showed him this. Now, it's the Holy Ghost of God tonight, like John Phillips has said, that had been present in their home. He's everywhere that we go if you're saved. So, they was present in their home. The Holy Ghost of God heard their conversation in private. It was also the Holy Ghost that knew the market price of their property, right? And He knew all about their conspiracy. Now, we can agree on that, right? Alright, so the Holy Ghost of God was there when the land was put up for sale. When they shook hands on the deed. And when they said They lied. They lied. They didn't give all they had. There's the sin. See, Ananias kissed his wife goodbye that morning, and the Holy Ghost was there. He saw the knowing look that passed between Ananias and his wife when they were going to deceive the church. He was there. Ananias was a believer in Christ, as far as I can tell. So he had to be getting chastened by God for what he was about to do. Amen. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 and verse number 8, but if you were chat without chastisement, where of all the partakers in your bastards and not sons, right? So the Holy Ghost is saying to Ananias, don't do this. Has he ever told you that? Boy, he tells me that a lot. Don't do that. Sometimes I'll say yes, Lord, and other times not so much. We're going to have to get real. Amen. But now we see the Holy Ghost of God stood by as he deceived the apostles in our text. Ananias gave this gift. He lied about what he had given. You'd see that in verse number 3. And instead of letting the Holy Ghost of God fill this man up, Satan had filled this man's heart. Notice this. He by lying to the apostles, lied to the Holy Ghost of God. Is that not what verse 3 said there? He lied to the Holy Ghost, kept back part of the prize. This man was in sad shape. 
Because he had let Satan creep his way in his life. He got lifted up with pride, worried about himself, worried about his finances, and pleasing his flesh more than he worried about helping these believers out. So what he'd done might have looked good on the outside. Oh, you hear me? You can look as good as you want to on the outside, but there better be something on the inside or you'll bust hell wide open. I'm telling you, friend, you can look good, you can smile, you can shake the preacher's hand, you can look at the deacon and say that you're saved, you can tell the preacher you're saved, but if he's not living in you, you're lost. They look good on the outside. But really what he wanted is this. He wanted the credit for giving it all. Mm. He wanted the approval of those believers tonight, but not worried about the approval of God. My goodness. There's so much preaching this. As far as I can tell, all this man had to do was to just be honest about what he gave. He might have looked good the outside. The Holy Spirit knew exactly what these two had done. The best thing we can do with God is just be honest with Him. Friend, that's missing today. Honesty among God's people. Why? Because it means we have to swallow our pride. And it means we have to let folk know that maybe we just ain't as perfect as we try to portray ourselves. Then you know what happens? God will show up. So, they got their eyes off of God, off other believers, thinking to themselves, it wouldn't kill us every once in a while get our eyes off ourselves, would it? Get our eyes on others. So what happened to them? Uh, so what happened to them don't happen to us. Now many times in our lives, we're worried about self. If we could stop in a week and think about how much we think of ourselves, if we could write it down, I bet it'd be amazing how much we really think about ourselves. Yeah. Now listen, we see this deception because they're thinking of self. When we think about ourselves, the thing that we fail to think about is the impact that what we're doing for self may have on somebody else. Now, I was going to stop there. Let's read one more verse. While it remained, verse 4, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. I want to get you where God got me. It was in this statement tonight we see that Ananias and Sapphira were no obligation to give. There was no obligation there. And there was no pressure upon them to sell this land. Now, there was no pressure on any of them to do that. They'd done that because their hearts were right. Not, not Ananias and Sapphira, those other believers. Except for these two in our text. Now, they didn't have to sell their land. He didn't have to give the Lord's work. I don't see that anywhere in there. But at some point we see he must have said he gave all that he had and laid it at the apostles' feet. The reason he'd done wrong in our text is because he lied to those men. Now, it was those men that had the Holy Ghost of God living inside of them, Right? We know that if you're saved, God lives in you. You live in Him. Alright? And so by lying to the brethren in verse 4, 
That's why the Bible says, Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Now, just how many times have you and I conceived things in our hearts against a brother or sister in Christ and turned around and shook their hands Sunday morning and smiled at them while we just talked bad about them on the way to the house of God? It's getting quiet. It's getting real quiet. All the other believers had their affections on the things above. But right here was two who did not. They care about themselves, pleasing their flesh. The church was doing good at this point. Don't you think that you and I can be, cannot be so selfish in our day and our time? I'm being honest with you. Don't you think we can live like Christ and be selfless? Here's the thing. Do we really want to be? Do we really want to be? We can. We've got the Spirit inside of us. We can. But we don't want to. Galatians 5, 22-24 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. He's in you. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. How many of you truly believe if we love like Jesus did, what happened in Texas would ever happen? And where is it failing at the most? Right in God's house. Don't you think we could all get along? I don't know if there's problems here or not, but if there is... I'm telling you, it can kill every service we have. I don't know if there is or not. I don't want to know. I know enough. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Life is too short for you to carry a grudge on your back for the rest of your life and never ever shake it off. I don't care if the person's alive. Hey, if you're carrying a grudge, get it off your back. Get it off. It'll haunt you till the day that you die. It may not be somebody at this church or maybe the others. Why don't you lay at the feet of Jesus? Don't be an Ananias and Sapphira. Only playing like you're a Christian. Boy, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Be like those other believers. Got their eyes on Christ off the world. They wanted to be a help to one another. Not a hindrance or a stumbling block. Right? Ananias and Sapphira had their eyes on self. They didn't care about who they hurt in the process. I want to go farther than this tonight. And I'm trying to hurry, but I'm not apologizing. Listen to this. There are believers who do things they know is wrong. And it might not hurt them, but it may hurt their neighbor. Don't you get a hold of this. I don't just preach on grace and mercy just to be talking. I don't preach on drinking alcohol just to be preaching it. Don't preach on cussing just to be preaching it. There's a reason. I think a lot of folks go home, boy, the preacher's mean this morning. <laughs> Listen to this. Here's the point of it all. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 8, 11 through 13, and through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat, listen to me, please listen to me. 
Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world stands. He said, if there's something that causes my brother to stumble, I will not take of it ever while the world stands. Wow. Lest I make my brother to offend. There are a lot of Christians are they offending their brother and sister in Christ by things they do and partake in that they should never have done in the first place. There are some who drink a little. I have heard this all my life. Listen, I'm being as honest with you as I can. I hear church people say, I just drink every now and again. Why would you do that? You want to mess your testimony up? Listen to this. The Bible is plainly against drinking alcohol. The Bible said in Proverbs 23, 31 through 32, Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its collar in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last, here's why God don't want you to drink. At the last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. A good friend of mine, his parents just got killed, or his stepdad. Just got killed by a drunk driver. What's the point? What's the point? I could give you about 50 verses on drinking. I don't do that for the sake of your time. There's some who dress them honestly. You ain't got to like me and this is done. But you got to love me. Amen. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Listen to this. That'll cause people to get tripped up. If you're saved, you ought to dress modest instead of getting people to fall. Hear me well. This thing ain't about you and me. It's about Him. We have got our eyes so unfocused on who this thing's about. Preacher ain't going to tell me what to wear. I ain't telling you what to wear. And I'm not about to. But God does. If a man's weakness is women, why would you want to hurt him? Cause him to fall by drip. Listen, it's summertime. Coming up. And here's the thing. I'm talking about God's house. I don't even want to get in your public life. That is your business. But in God's house, the dresses are getting shorter and the tops are going here. And I'm telling you, if a man's weakness is women, then you're coming in dressed like that and he ain't pay attention to what I'm talking about. I'm just being honest. And to be fair, some women have men trouble. Right? I've never seen a grown man's legs look good. <laughs> if you have, I will pray for you. <laughs> anyway. But some women have men trouble, right? So we ought to dress modest. Why? For their sake. We're missing the mark in our day, in our time, man. For their sake. So whether we look good or not, Ladies, men alike, we ought to want to be modest for their sake. What if his weakness was alcohol? He was an addict and he's recovering. He just got saved, but he sees you at the bar drinking now. You've caused him. And his mind, he said, Well, they can drink, so can I. How many people are we causing to stumble and to fall? Mm, what if somebody's fault is their mouth cussing like a sailor? They're trying to get over it. They're trying to do what's right. They just got saved. 
and they hear a person in, that's been in church their whole life cuts like a sailor and it causes them to start and by that it starts a chain of faith and it rolls around to somebody else and causes them to stumble. We're not to cause one another to stumble. Amen. It's not about us. It's about Him. Our problem is we love self more than we love God. No man loves and hateth his own flesh. Mm. Boy, this could be long and all. I'm trying to hush. There's more that could be said. Let me give you one more verse tonight. Sum this all up. The Bible said in Romans 14 and 13. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or occasion to fall in his brother's way. Let me give you one more verse. Man, y'all are... Y'all are awake tonight. Amen. Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? But considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye. Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye. This means how can you even be a help tonight? If you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, how can we have the right to help somebody else? And behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite. There's that word everybody loves. First cast out the beam out of thine own eye. And then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. This group of believers had all things common. There was no stumbling blocks. There was no offense until Ananias and Sapphira got their eyes on themselves and their eyes on God. Don't be an Ananias and Sapphira tonight. Hey, be like these other believers and let's love like Jesus told us to. The Spirit's there. We can. We've got our minds we can't. Or we've got our minds we don't want to. I feel like I'm losing it. Let me give you one illustration I heard the other night. I'll close. If you and I were going down the road, Brother Allen, he's not here tonight, but if Brother Allen were to call us and say, pick up the phone, and he calls us and says, there's a house on fire. First of all, I'd say, why is he calling me for? But what if he says it's on your road? You and I would be scared to death, shaking, would we not? What's on my road? I hope it ain't my house. As we get closer and closer to the scene, we finally pull up around the curve, up our driveway, whatever you got, and pull up to our house. And the fire truck's there, the ambulance is there, our family's in the house, and they died in the fire. Without even thinking, the next thing we do is get on our knees and cry out to God and say, thank you, God, that it wasn't my neighbor's house. That's how much we are supposed to love our neighbor, our brother and sister of Christ, but we're failing. We're failing. Church is a mess. 
All because we can't get our eyes off of self. Get our eyes on Him. Mm. Let's all stand tonight. Our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I'm done.